Praise the Lord. Okay, so get your Bibles out and uh, let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 9. Matthew, Matthew chapter 9 first. We'll start here. Why is my faith so important? Well, let's find out. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, and crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came into him, came to him, and Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I'm able to do this. I mean, look at whose responsibility it is now. Believe ye that I'm able to do this. In other words, it's, we've got a step we have to make here. We've got to do something. Do I believe that Jesus is able to do this? And it matters not what your request is. See, if I don't use my faith, apparently it's going to be brought to a halt. And, of course, it will. Notice what they said. And they said unto him, uh, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Wow. Okay. Wow. Let's go to the 15th chapter, Matthew chapter 15. And in Matthew chapter 15, uh, verse 22, And behold, a woman of Canaan come out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord. Thou son of David, my daughter, is grievously vexed with the devil. Okay, got right to the point. Her daughter was demon-possessed. Something was wrong with her, okay? And he answered her not a word. Well, the disciples picked up on that, and they besought him, or they asked Jesus, saying, Jesus, just send her away. You're not going to talk to her. Tell her to go home. But he said, but he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, he said, you're not a Jew, and I'm not going to help you. Uh-oh. Now, if there was ever a no, that looked like a no to me. But I know Jesus. And I know what we find out in the Bible. There was a centurion just in the 8th chapter, and he was not a Jew. And Jesus compared him to all the Jewish nation and said, I've been all over Israel and not found so great faith as this. That was when that centurion, that officer in the army said, Jesus, you just speak the word only, and my servant boy will be whole. He was paralyzed. Something happened to him. You know, you get close to somebody, you get close to a dog, you know, you get close to a friend, something happens, and this officer was, oh, was just killing him to find out that his servant boy was in so much torment because he could no longer walk. Just his life was ruined. But he had heard of Jesus, just like we were singing about a few minutes ago. Who is a rock besides our God? What are we going to do when we get in trouble? I'm going to the rock. There's a lot of Bill Gaither songs. I go to the rock. Well, I don't go to the rock just to sit there. I'm going to the rock to get some help. So anyway, Jesus said, I've never found such great faith. No, not in Israel. And all that man had said was, Jesus, you speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. But anyway, Jesus was setting up this woman in Matthew chapter 15. Notice verse 25. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Boy, no, she wouldn't quit. Help me. She didn't say, well, I'll back off my request. I should be thankful I even have a daughter. I should be thankful that she's alive, even though she does want to kill herself in Probably going to kill me one day. I just should be thankful I have a daughter. No, don't do that. Put your request out there. She kept saying, help me, even though it looked like he said no. Verse 26, he answered and said, it's not meat, or it's not right, to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And I remember that. We had a dog before, and I remember my parents were saying, don't give that to the dog. You know, we've all heard that. Don't give that to the dog. 
she said, verse 27, and she said, Well, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Woo, what kind of answer was that? Can you see she was not letting go? Now look what happened in verse 28. And see if she had anything to do with this. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Praise the Lord. It does matter. It matters tremendously what we do. Praise God. Now, I'll show you another right here in, uh, in Matthew. Go back up to the 14th chapter. Matthew 14. And uh, start in verse 22. And when he had sent away the multitude, sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. Uh, and then, uh, no, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Oh, brother. Yeah, he, he really is. He's walking on the sea. <clears throat> My goodness. He's not walking on the rocks or nothing. It's not a real narrow canoe. <clears throat> He's walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. Well, wouldn't you? I mean, if you saw somebody walking out there, they're like, First time I've ever seen a ghost. That is a ghost. This, and remember, it's storming out there. That's a ghost, and it's nighttime. Well, anyway. Verse 27, but straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Now remember, they were afraid. They said, that's a ghost. I want you to see how quickly the Lord helps you. That was their initial trouble. They were, they were having trouble with this storm. But now on top of that, it looks like, I mean, Jesus was heading for them. Oh, no, we're fixing to have a ghost on board. Oh, no. And what people do when a ghost comes in, we, we see stories. We see, well, we see movies where everybody jumps out of the building or whatever. Well, I, you know, fear could do some crazy things. But I just want you to see Jesus didn't say, I scared you, didn't I? No, he said, be of good cheer. Words, hey, hey, guys, be happy. Be happy and don't be afraid. Peter answered him and said, now I want you to think, just to act like you've never heard this story, and think of how silly a response Peter gave here. Oh, and why he would say this. Lord, if it be you, or if it's you, Bid me, and he didn't speak Elizabeth English, okay? He just said, if it's you, you tell me to come on the water. Now, why would Peter even think he could do that? Well, wait a minute. Peter had been a partner of Jesus for quite some time already. We're already halfway through the book of Matthew. At the end of Matthew, he gets crucified. So this was somewhere in three years of hanging out with Jesus. Peter had already determined that, praise the Lord, whatever Jesus does, I can do, and this will prove it if it's really him. And he'll also, he won't say, well, you better not try it. You're not up to the task. You're, you know, no, Jesus fired right back. And what did he say? He said, come on out, didn't he? Yeah. Jesus said, he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And then we're looking at our faith matters. But when he saw the wind boisterous, now remember when they saw him walking on the water earlier, they thought he was a ghost and they cried out for fear. When he saw the wind boisterous, or in other words, it was, I mean, really scary waters out there. He was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, 
save me. I think this is great. When he was afraid, he was beginning to sink. But what was he doing before he began to sink? If it's you, Jesus, tell me to come to you on the water. And the Bible says, uh, and when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. He was doing fine, and it was storming and all the other things. And saints, I'm telling you, you're doing fine, too, when you trust Jesus. Just like we were singing that song. David wrote it down as a king. He, says, he said that uh, we're blessed if we're trusting in our king. You've got to trust your king for your health, you know. I mean, Fred had some tough difficulties here last year, but he's doing fine, praise the Lord. I mean, he's doing much better than he ever was. We prayed about that. Marcus has got a house we're trying to get sold down in Louisiana because he, he lives in uh, Washington, D.C. now. And it's, it's never the Lord's will that his house doesn't sell. But it'll sit there if we don't use our faith. But we're using our faith. Fred told me this morning he already got an offer on it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's like you and I as parents. We wouldn't, if we were Marcus's parents, we have his dad over here, his dad would never will that, well, I don't want your house to sell because I want you to learn what it's like to be in a bad market and, and you don't understand right now, but later on it'll be good for you. No, it's not good for you. Fred can hardly sleep at night if it weren't for Jesus worrying about Marcus's house he still has down there. But Fred knows what to do. He keeps his burdens rolled over on the Lord. Marcus does too. And we'll see the sale of that house. But there's other issues that you and I face, and we have to do the same thing. So Peter's walking on that water, and all of a sudden he sees the problem again. Uh-oh. And then he starts thinking, you can't walk on the water, but he is. And the Bible gives us a great clue here. It says, he was afraid and beginning to sink. In other words, that's what tripped him, that's what tripped him up. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. Now right here... He gets right back on the program. <clears throat> he didn't say, Peter, well, he didn't say, John, that is. You know, the rest of you disciples, throw me a rope. Help, quick. You know, fact of this business is, they were probably already blown by the wind away from wherever Jesus was. Peter's only chance was Jesus. And he didn't reason it out saying, this is ridiculous. I don't care what Richard preaches anymore. It's ridiculous. Richard is just crazy. Listen, if I'm crazy, every time you read your Bible, you're going to think your Bible's crazy. Because every soul that came to the Lord for help got help. We're the oddball if we don't ask for his help. You know. So anyway, he says, Lord, save me. Now watch how quick the Lord responds. Verse 31. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore or why did you doubt? Wow. One translation says, how little you trust me. Well, why did Jesus take that time to be the only thing that he said? Because that's what matters. You've got to use your faith. Let's go over one book to the right. Let's go to the book of Mark. And in Mark's gospel, let's go to Mark chapter, I believe it's chapter uh, 7. Let me get over there. No, it's actually Mark, Mark 5, excuse me. And in Mark chapter 5, we have a great story here. And it really doesn't matter to me what happened here just to say it was a historic story. What matters to me is that uh, Mark was, well, he knew about this and he wrote this down in his gospel. And it meant something. Well, it does. As we read it, we'll understand. Let's start here at uh, verse uh, 22. 
And behold, there was one of the rulers of the synagogue who said he was a preacher. There was a preacher by the name of Jerry. It says Jairus, but we'll call him Jerry, okay, by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. What? He just, he got right in front of Jesus and said, I'm not moving, Jesus. What happened? And he besought him greatly, or he was begging him, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay your hand on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Well, there's a statement right there. He was saying, Jesus, please come and put your hand on her, and she'll live. Notice he didn't give him any options. He didn't say, well, come give it a try. And now why wouldn't he say, come give it a try? He had heard that everybody that ever touched Jesus, ever got around Jesus, even his disciples were doing the same thing. And he said, I have got to have Jesus help me because my daughter, I am so scared she's going to die. But Jesus, you come help me. Well, uh, look at verse 24. And Jesus went with him. You know, you want Jesus to go with you today? Use your faith. You should see him. Let me remind you, if I knock on the door, Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice, and open the door, I will come in unto him, and I'll dine with him, and he with me. That's a little bit of King James, but we can figure out a door is a door. He's talking about your life. And he says, if you'll just let me in, I'll live with you, and I'll help you. I'll pay your bills. I'll help you. And if I need something from you, I'll let you know. And he will. He's got things he wants us to do. But Jesus didn't say, well, I'm going to come in, but, you know, you better do what I say all the time. And, and i got some new rules before you even think about praying. That's a lot of times we think that way. Jesus wants to help you because he knows you are burdened. He knows you've got trouble. Jesus put it this way. He says, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. <clears throat> we are supposed to have the joy of the Lord. Very difficult when we believe wrongly about it. You know. Oh, okay, anyway, back to the story. So in Mark chapter 5. And look down here at, um, let's see, at verse 24. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. Now, what's that mean? It's a big crowd. Like the paparazzi where they're taking his picture. People were just pushing and shoving, trying to see Jesus. There wasn't a circus going on somewhere. The circus was Jesus. People wanted Jesus. And Jairus, how in the world is he ever going to get him to his own house? Well, Jairus, first he believed. And because he believed, Jesus said, I'll go to your house. And we need to calm down. Jesus will go with me home. He will. I want you to see what happened next. Now watch this. We're looking. Does our faith matter? And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years. Let's just say she was bleeding right then on the spot. Issue means it's bleeding, okay? And this had been bleeding for 12 years. Mercy. Don't you think you'd have given up by then? I'm going to die someday. Ain't no hope. I mean, as a matter of fact, the next verse says she, let's just read it. And she had suffered many things of many physicians. Can you imagine what kind of medical help you would have had? Now, these guys meant well. I'm sure they did. I don't believe they're all crooks. Well, I heard in India, we need to do this. We're going to cut your other arm, and that will make your other arm feel better. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. It's going to cost you X amount of dollars or whatever. I mean, I believe they were trying to help, but nobody could help. Sometimes we think when the doctor says no, God says no. That's ridiculous. We do never need to go there. There's no way I could 
take the book of Psalms and believe all that it says about God if I believe that when the doctor says no, it's over with. No, don't go there. Don't go there. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 1 says, Who hath believed the report of the Lord? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? In other words, if I will but just believe the Bible, I'll see God, I'll see God move. Anyway, she suffered many things of many physicians and spent all she had and was nothing better, but rapid through worse. I'd have turned around and went home, wouldn't you? I mean, who am I fooling? I am doomed. I am not getting any better. I, uh, this is ridiculous. I'm out here in the heat of the day. There is a crowd here. What am I doing? Well, you and I wouldn't go home. We'd be just like this woman if we did the next verse. What'd she do? Verse 27, when she had heard of Jesus. Now, what is it that she had heard of Jesus? that he would help any of us in this room. I know there's not but six of us in here, but praise the Lord. We have a good time. You know, but we know that God will help everybody in this room. Not just in this room, but when we walk out this room. We know that God is there to help us. If we will call on him, he will answer. And he'll get us out of whatever trouble it is. Verse 27, when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind, that meant the big old crowd, and touched his garment. Notice she didn't ask permission. You know, you don't need to ask permission when you already know it's available. We don't need to ask whether or not we should ask for something. Just put your request on the table. Remember this woman had a demon-possessed, that other woman had a demon-possessed daughter, and she felt like she was being told no, but she thought, nah, I'm not buying this. I'm going to get my miracle. Even the dogs get the crumbs. And Jesus knew he needed to get that woman to that point. She was probably at a point where I'll just live with it. And that's what we do sometimes. I'll just live with it. Phil called me the other day. No, I called him. And he called me back. But he called the other day. I was telling him some good news. And he said, I'm doing what you're doing. I said, what? He said, I'm about out of gas. So he said, in the name of Jesus, I'm getting to the gas station. And we kept talking. I did that a lot. Too. I'm just forgetful, you know. I should have stopped it. Well, if you get over there in their research park, there is no gas station. It's ridiculous. I should, I should make a fortune, go put a gas station out there at the park. I'll be the guy from uh, Iran that works in that place. Man, I'd make all kind of money, it looks like. Seems like. But anyway, uh, uh, while we were talking, we kept talking and whatever, and Phil said, oh, I'm already here. I thought, well, praise God. You know, God will help you if you but just ask him, you know. But if you want to worry about your gas gauge all the time, you know, you, you know, expect to run out, you know. I mean, they got it now with the insurance company. I mean, I ran out one time, and even then it was a blessing, praise the Lord, because I called the roadside assist, and they bought me some gas. I thought, hallelujah, glory to God. But, uh, but if you don't know anything about Jesus helping you, you can keep calling roadside assist all you want to, but, I, but I, I, I dare you to trust the Lord. Praise the Lord. Have you ever pulled into a gas station and you see that, that silly paper bag over the novel? You're like, this was the gas station I needed to be at. Well, what are you going to do then, you know? You quit condemning yourself saying, well, I should always, when it gets down to three quarters of the tank, I should always fill up. Let Jesus show you some miracles. Let him show you some miracles. Trust him. I mean, I don't know what purpose walking on the water had to do with anything other than it showed me, praise the Lord. Jesus is there to help him. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 28. For she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Now, where did she ever get that from? Well, Luke's gospel. She didn't read Luke's gospel because she was too busy living it. She already heard 
that anybody that touched Jesus got healed. You just touched him and you were healed. That's how she knew. Verse 29, and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. You know, we should expect. Quit expecting the worst. Start expecting the greatest. I have prayed God will answer me. It's not just he will answer. He'll grant me what I asked for, okay? Don't give up. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. Virtue meaning power. So Jesus sensed that power went out. I guess he was like an electrical outlet, you know? Somebody turned on a drill right there. I felt it. And it's kind of funny. Notice he says, who touched my clothes? The disciples got tickled. They were laughing back at him. They said, yeah, right. Somebody touched your clothes. Here we are fixed to be on stage. You've got multitudes of people around you, and you're saying, who touched you? But Jesus wanted to make a point so that Richard A. there could preach this message to all six of us, including myself, this morning. That's the only reason it's in here. Who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, you see a multitude thronging you, and you say who touched you? You know, they were laughing. They were like, Jesus, you're the funniest cat ever seen. <clears throat> and he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. He knew she was there. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, she came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. What would she say? Well, just like any woman, and I talked to Oh, Jesus, you're not going to believe it. I knew you threw this to me. I knew it. I knew it, and I had made up my mind this morning. I was going to get up, and I heard you were coming. Somebody hollered out the window and said, here he comes. He's down the road, and I went right through that crowd, and I told my friends on the way, I'm going to come back healed. I'm going to go touch that garment because I've never heard of anybody that has touched his garment, and I know some of them that touched him. I know them personally, and I remember they were hurting, and they're not hurting anymore. They're back. They couldn't get up anymore, and they touched Jesus. And I know she wouldn't have been lying to me. I know my friend so-and-so, he went down there, and he's never been a lie. This stuff is real. He is a mighty prophet. And I, I, Jesus, that's the reason I touched your garment. So she gave a big mouthful to him. Look what he said. And he said unto her, verse 34, Daughter, your faith has made thee whole. She could have sat home in bed. She could have not prayed. She could have said, well, let other people have it. He said, daughter, your faith made you whole. Notice what he says. Go in peace and be whole of thy place. Notice he didn't say, enjoy it for a day. Sometimes we think this. Well, God blessed me with a little money, but yeah, buddy, the transmission went out the next day. God's still trying to teach me something. No, he's not. If he's trying to teach you anything, it's the money you got for the transmission or the money you got for something else. Believe him for the transmission. Speaking of transmission, a miracle. Gee whiz, praise the Lord. My truck was acting up. And I was, some of you may not have known, but uh, uh, my dad and I hadn't been talking too much. And I have been with my dad four days in a row this week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I mean, just wonderful. That's one thing I was telling Phil about, you know. But, and then speaking of transmissions, he wanted to take my truck because I told him I had a little problem with it. It used to be his truck, brand new truck years ago. Yeah, although it's not very old. But anyway, oh. He had it fixed, and when I got it, when I was with him and I went to pick it up, I said, okay, hey, i got to pay for this. I said, how much? And he goes, no, you're not paying for that. i got it covered for you. Praise God. I don't but I tell you, if the world fell apart the next day financially for me, I'd be doing what I'm doing here. Don't take one miracle and go, well, you know, I guess. No, God grants you one just to get your hopes up. Are you kidding? Who is a rock besides our rock? Praise the Lord. Notice what he told this woman. He said, go, 
Uh, he said, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. He didn't say, you know, it's only going to last a few days. But that, that, that bleeding's going to come back. No! Now, we're not going to have time to go into the rest of this, but look at verse 35. I want you to see what happened. While he had spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, that's Jerry's house, remember? Somebody came from his house and said, hey, listen, your daughter's dead. Just forget it. Don't tell Jesus, don't bother. He said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the master any further? Look at verse 36, and you've got to believe that Jesus is listening to you when you see difficulties coming, when you decide, I'm not even going to pray. Jesus is standing there with all the angels, and they're going, uh, Richard, we're waiting on you. What are you going to do? Well, Jesus, I'll handle this one. It's, this is too bad. I'm just, sometimes it affects us different. We, maybe you cry a little bit. Maybe you just keep thinking nothing will ever get right. Nothing will ever get better. Don't do that. Still believe in the Jesus that promised he'd come to your house. Notice what he says. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid. Look at this. Only believe. Well, I don't like it when the Bible says I have to do something. <laughs> well, you're never going to get anywhere. But let me tell you something. That's all you ever do is don't be afraid and believe. That's your job. God will accomplish the mission. He will get what it is you've asked for. He'll help you. But your job is to don't be afraid. Don't let fear come in. No, no fear comes in. David put it this way. He says, at what time I am afraid, I'll trust in thee. In God whose word I praise. Go to the Bible when you get afraid. Sometimes you get afraid, you start shaking. Go to the Bible. Read Psalm 1. Read 2. Three. I guarantee you, you will not read all the way up to, to, to Psalm 10 before you're like, man, I can chew bullets, buddy. My God's going to help me. You know, He will. He will. And to read the Psalm 10 is not going to take you all day. You, I guarantee you, you'll stop by 4. You'll probably stop at 3 because you'll be so giddy at what you read in Psalm 3. Psalm 3 actually says in verse 3, Many there be that say to my soul, God can't even help him. But David responds in verse 4, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. And he wasn't talking about I'm scared if I'm going to heaven or not. It was some sort of big bad problem, probably fear of assassination. I mean, gee, how much protection do you think he got as a king back in those days? <laughs> That's the reason they had cup bears. You drink it first. <laughs> I'm not going to drink it stuff. You drink it. But David had a free ride. You read about his life. He trusted in the Lord. Knew God would protect him. As a matter of fact, the last part of Psalm 4, he says, You only cause me to lie down and sleep in safety. You ever worry when you go to bed at night? You shouldn't. We should, we should at least know Psalm 4. Psalm 4 is only, I think, nine verses long. I'm first to talk about me. I've not known him as well as I do now, but I tell you the reason I know him so much now is because I found out, praise the Lord, this works. Because I can convince myself sometimes, Richard, you're just a crazy preacher. You just believe certain things about the Bible, and it's really not so. Oh, no, it is so. This is exactly so. If you think about the life of Jesus, you never see him in trouble. The only time he was in trouble is when he gave himself up to die on the cross. And even then, he wasn't in trouble. He knew God Almighty was with him, and he knew he was supposed to be the sacrifice for everybody. Anyway, let me close here with this. Uh, uh, so anyway, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. 
And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. Uh, and he comes to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and sees the tumult. Now we got another crowd here. And then the weapon wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he said unto them, Why make you this ado? Hey, why are y'all weeping? Why are y'all crying? He says, The damsel's not dead, but sleeping. Oh, no. Now watch this. They turned from weeping to now they're laughing. They're like, Jesus, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. This guy's a lunatic. Now, what was Jairus doing? He was still believing because Jesus said, Hey, I don't care if she's dead or not. I only believe. We see Jesus did this again at, at uh, the tomb of Lazarus. Lazarus was dead. He was dead for four days. This girl here was only dead probably an hour, two hours maybe, three, or just the afternoon. Uh, look down at verse 40. And they laughed him to scorn, but when he had put them all out, he takes the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him, and he entered in where the damsel was lying. Uh, and uh, he said, he took her by the hand and he said, Talitha Kumai, which is being interpreted damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. He charged them immediately that no man should know it, and he commanded that something should be given her 